Oh, yeah, I've watched, yeah, I've watched Money Heist. Watched Ozark, all of that. Ozark, Ozark by the way. Ozark, Ozark, Ozark by the way. Bang show. Bang in show. What's that? Yeah. It's a Ozark. Ozark. Pete, it's you actually like it? a, it's, it's, it's probably good. the best TV show I've seen on Netflix, in my opinion. What is it about? It's about um, drugs money and cleaning money. Money laundering. But he's yeah, like money a laundering. guy, it's, but he's laundering money. It's like an accountant that you'd see banging out an FRA job in a company. All right, let me get that. What's the, what's the, right, let me get that. Let me get that. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell my kid that Justin Timberlake played Ruth, um, Ruth Langmore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that means to me. That's what that means. Right, send, me, send me the link for that, please. Um, all right, cool. I'll, show, I'll show it to you. Uh, Pete, Pete, I didn't know you were on Netflix like this, you know? Huh? Pete, I didn't know you were on Netflix like this. All right, listen. On an empty stomach, yeah, with no energy and the productivity levels are low, it's all Netflix. Oh, cool. I should tell you. Okay, cool, cool. When cool. I say, no, I'm, no. Tell, I'm talking from, from, from sunrise to sundawn, <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> See, on that topic, if, in case anyone would like to know about Pabilo's television habits when he isn't fasting, <laughs> episode 27, we talked about I got rid of my TV. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't get rid of my Netflix account. <laughs> I didn't get rid of my Netflix account. But actually, Pete, that gives us a perfect, perfect segue into today's episode, which is episode 52, I guess now, right? Yeah, episode 52. episode 52. So I know that we're still also in the corona period, so I'll, I'll take the, the direction that Olu always gives us. So how, how is everyone doing in this lockdown coronavirus period before we go into the episode? Olu, how are you? Because you're the one normally asking this question. I'm good. Cannot complain. Cannot complain. Um, I want clarity um, in regards to what the leaving the locks lockdown would look like but um maybe it's too early and no one really knows what it looks like but i mean that's the frustrating element is it just keeps extending 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 um it'll be okay if they say okay you know what it's going to be a month two months but this is the different stages um but apart from that i'm good can't complain right, hopefully family's well so i was gonna say bi- biceps look a bit pumped as well so you're getting the uh homework <laughs> <laughs> what can i say small, small. DJP, how you guys doing? All good? Yeah, all well. All well, managing. Just taking it day by day. And Dan- Daniel, how you doing? Daniel, there's no direct today and you're muted. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, how are you? <laughs> but no no direct. How come no direct? Oh, but the so thing awesome. is, no, the thing is, you said oh, no, 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 Daniel, wait, come put your head closer, put your head closer to the camera. When are you gonna come when you gonna call me out? Huh? When are you gonna call me out? I called it this morning. No, but that's all been sort of packed down though, right? Isn't it? But <laughs> too and sure, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, man. Like uh so obviously now at the moment, uh two of us, so Pabulo and I, we're just about a third away through the month of Ramadan. And actually, we wanted to use that as a uh, topic of discussion today. So in today's episode, we're talking about Ramadan. So it's here, but what actually is it? Because there's been a few questions from some of my friends. I know we've received it as a group about what it actually is. So in today's episode, we'll explain a little bit about the month of Ramadan. We'll also explain what it actually means for us. Um, what are we expected to do during this month? And then also what happens at the end? And I think what would be great is for us to reflect a bit about what are we learning about ourselves, And with Ramadan happening during the month of 
coronavirus and lockdown, etc. How is that impacting our fasting? And for all our loyal listeners that stay on until the end of the episode, we are bringing back a book review for this episode. It will be a 60-second book review where you hear about the book, the author, and a couple of the key takeaways. So other than that, I think thank you again for your continued support and listening. Um, please subscribe. Please give us a review. Uh, please share it on your Instagram story whenever you're listening to this. I think with that, we will set up for the episode to begin. So thank you for listening and see you all soon. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah, we never fly, but we're flying. So what is Ramadan? <laughs> well, first of all, pronounce it. He said Ramadan. It's Ramadan. It's Ramadan. What's Ramadan for you guys? What is it? Hey, Ramadan. Said Ramadan. Ramadan, Ramadan, what's Ramadan for you guys, and what does it mean? So right, so it, I, go ahead, go, 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 no, go ahead. No, it's just, I mean, P, P, you've got the beard, so you should go ahead. No, 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 so no, just uh, yeah, just my attempt at growing my beard for Sunnah, but it's uh, Alhamdulillah, it's still, it's still very patchy. No, so no, I think in short, I think um. Many people would know that the month of Ramadan is basically the holy month of, of Islam. And from a historical standpoint, it was the month where our holy book, the Quran, was revealed to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so effectively, Muslims, as one of the sort of uh, requirements as, as a Muslim to sort of observe fasting for the 30 days of that Ramadan. Um, so you got you got me saying that because because Oli says Ramadan, I'm, I'm not saying it. He's got me saying. But no, that's that's effectively what what the month signals. Um, but I think it'll be I think it'd be great for us to sort of go into the process and kind of what we focus on uh, during that month. Um, yeah. Sure. Anything you want to add in terms of, in short? Yeah, I think just in terms of the actual day, as you were saying. So that's when the Quran was revealed, um, and then it's basically the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. Basically, uh, within Islam, they follow the lunar calendar. So the calendar is based on the moon sighting and the cycles, which is actually why every year the month changes. Whereas in the in the Western world, they follow a solar calendar where the dates are fixed. So that's why Christmas is always the same day every year. Whereas this is why on the um, in the Islamic religion, why Ramadan actually changes every year. And it kind of goes up in a calendar. So last year, it would have been from uh, May to June. And this year, it's April to May. And then the following year, it will be uh, March to April, etc. So now I think, P, you, you teed it up perfectly for the next section about what it actually is. So I think uh, most people would know Ramadan is about uh, fasting. But I think the, the number one question that I get during this month is, oh, so does that mean you're allowed to drink any water? <laughs> or does that mean you're allowed to, to eat anything? I don't know what questions you guys would have come up in your head if 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 you hear the term term around. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, Daniel's yeah, come prep. Daniel's come no, prep. Yeah, it's true. That always seems to be the first question. So what the people I say uh, I'm fasting. And I've you know for the last sort of 15, 20 years I've done that, and people have always said, "What? No water." So it's complete. It's complete dry, uh, dry fasting from uh, sun up to sundown, uh, and the hours we're on UK time, so it's roughly around about four o'clock in the morning uh, when you'd sort of open your fast. And today is probably going to be around 8, 8.31 to, to close your fast. It's about 15 hours uh, dry fasting. So actually here in, uh, here in Stockholm as well, it's from 3 a.m. until tonight it will be 8, 8.50. So obviously here there's a bit more daylight in the UK. So it's a bit is there of a website that you guys look to see the time or is it just something that... You... Yeah, you have you have the mosques uh, all around that will basically oh. publish prayer times. Uh, so we sort of... 
um, a sort of going by your local mosque um, from that standpoint. But you can go online. But the, th the thing for the thing for me, go on, Shua. No, I was just gonna say I was just gonna plug. There's actually a really good app called Muslim Pro. In case there's any of our Muslim listeners that are listening, and it actually gives you the the prayer times and also what time you should eat and break your fast, etc. And it's a very good app. I have, I have a question. Go ahead, big man. So you mentioned that the fasting. So you're abstaining from. It's a dry fast, as Pete said. Yeah. So no water, or anything. So what else are you in this thirty day period? What else are you supposed to do? Is it just that you're abstaining from food and liquid? Or in this particular 30 days, are you supposed to be doing something in particular in terms of your faith and, for example, prayer or almsgiving? What, what, what is it that you're, that you're meant to be focusing on? Yeah, so that, I, I actually um, wanted to jump onto that because for, for me, actually, and I think for a lot of Muslims, it's the focus is actually not on... Many people would think the focus is on just the food and abstaining from, 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 from eating. But actually, it's, it's everything um, um, but that. Uh, so it's the, the the thirty days is an opportunity to sort of reset and restart and reconnect um, from a spirituality standpoint. Um, have you know go through use the time to sort of reflect on a lot of your habits. Um, use the opportunity to get closer to um, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and um, sort of it's, it's an opportunity to give back um, and and give to and give to charity. So you're you're using the time to become a lot more empathetic for those that go without um, and have less. So that's really the sort of core uh, and the spirit of of, of the month. Um, if in terms of, you know, one should be trying to sort of um, where they have disagreements with people, sort of reconcile with people um, and things of that nature. Yeah, I think just, just to add, I think a couple of things probably is that it's also a time to, to really spend with their family and friends. Obviously, at the moment in lockdown is pretty difficult um, but the idea is every evening when you break your fast you break it together as a family i think especially nowadays a lot of people maybe when they're having dinner and stuff it's in front of the tv etc that's typically what it would be like in the household uh, with my parents because everyone's eating at different times coming in and out of the house but if I was at home with my parents and my brothers, it's actually the, the one specific time in the year where we all come together for dinner every evening when we're all home to eat and break fast together. I think just building on Daniel's question. So also um, there's an additional prayer that you're supposed to do after you break fast later in the night. Um, obviously, at the moment, most people can't go to the mosque because of the lockdown, etc. around the world. But that's another thing that they would do as well. And I think uh, no, just, just to build on what P said, it's really a time to reflect and try and get closer to to the religion for that for that one month and just on a personal note i think for me i'm someone who isn't probably the most practicing muslim um but i think for this particular month it's nice for me to kind of reset and refocus on what is important mm -hmm. um and it gives a it gives a way to reconnect with uh with the faith and also the as p said you get you you get to appreciate all the things that you have because you have this long daylight period without it um, and you're supposed to give charity and all these other things as well. Is that, part of, is, is that part of like the, the zakah? No, not zakah. The zakah, um, yeah. And the salat. So, Shuol, in addition to your prayers, you know, this you said there's an additional prayer. Is that addition into the salat? Yeah. So, basically, uh, the salat is you have five prayers that you do a day. Yeah. Um, and then during the month of Ramadan, you have an extra prayer called Tarawih, which you do basically. Um, it's normally an hour or a couple of hours after you break your fast in the nighttime. And just to just to complement that question, Daniel. So there's five pillars of Islam. So Ramadan shahada, and fasting. Shahada. Go ahead. Run it. And Hajj. And Hajj. 
exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so ramadan is one of the one of the five um and then the other four that you mentioned obviously uh hajj is a bit difficult at the moment with the travel lockdown but the other four are elements which you can do even more during the month of ramadan whilst yeah. you mentioned just i know i don't want to digress and take away but i have i have many questions so with yeah. the hajj which is um obviously encouraged every muslim to do at least once in their lifetime yeah how yeah. do you think that what's the effect of of COVID-19 on, you know, for example, the pilgrimage in Mecca and also how the Muslims would usually congregate at the end of Ramadan. How do you think that's going to impact? Because this is probably what the first time it's ever happened, I imagine. Yeah, I think at least I can give a quick comment before maybe passing it over to uh, to P. I think from, I think they've cancelled all travel plans. So normally with Hajj and with the pilgrimage, you've probably seen images of it. There's millions of people that flock to Mecca and Saudi Arabia to perform the pilgrimage. And I, and I could be wrong, but this is the first time that they've had to stop it to this level where you see overhead images of the Kaaba, which is where the, the main praying area for, for Muslims are. And then that whole area is empty. And actually, it's, it's, it's amazing because now the only people that get to pray in this holy site for, for Muslims mm. are actually cleaners. And I think that emphasizes also where during this month, it doesn't matter what your, what your wealth is, what, your, what you're earning, what status, whatever you are. During this month, everyone is the same as they should be the whole year. Um, and everyone's going through the same uh, process together. But Pete, do you want to add anything to that? About yeah, no, I think uh, I think to Daniel's point, um, how, how is it? I think once once then Muslims are given the green light to sort of travel, I think it's going to sort of perhaps go back to a similar level it was before, um, purely based on the fact that um, people that, I think once once they've committed spiritually, they're, they're going to attend um, and they're going to still take part in, in Hajj. Um, some people would even say if if it's the last thing that I do, then then so be it. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see the numbers, but I can imagine it being around the same level as it was before COVID nineteen. Um, but that just you depends guys, as uh, to when they open up. Have either of you been? To, I was going to just quickly say, either you on, have go. either of you been to Kaaba or to, uh, gone on a Hajj to you know see what is to be well, what is to believe to be built by Ibrahim. Yeah, I've, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't been on Hajj. Uh, neither any of my immediate family. But we've been, we've been to, we've um, done Umrah several times. So it's basically like a, it's like a small, a smaller miniature version of of Hajj, if you like. Um, yeah. Done it about three, four times. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm similar to being in the sense that Hajj and also is it's a requirement for all Muslims to do this at least once in their lifetime. And um, so I haven't done that because there's multiple steps and it's quite a longer period. But I've also done, as P said, the, the smaller version, which is called Umrah, which is basically you do parts of what you would do during a, a pilgrimage, um, but it's a scaled back version. And it's not mandatory for, for Muslims to do it. It's just a, it's an additional bonus. Whereas Hajj is something that everyone should do at least once in their lifetime. Um, Olu, so yeah, go. So sure, um, like you mentioned, mandatory. Yeah, mm -hmm. when it comes to Ramadan, is it something that you feel is mandatory? How do you know when to even start it? Because I think a lot of people might see certain people that are not in the where they want to be in their faith, but then yeah. during Ramadan, all of a sudden, it's okay. Let me completely change and do it right. Yeah. Is there like a criteria? Is there a place you want to be? Fit, or is it just more of a and then also how do people look at it for when people say you know what? i'm not at the right stage so i'm not going to do it it's like when i think about christianity right we have communion yeah. and it's a, a situation where i know growing up in school some people would just take communion for the sake of just taking it right but not yeah. truly know the implications and how serious it is right 
So I'm just wondering if you find it's similar with Ramadan or is it something that you need to be somewhere, you need to be completely focused before doing it? So, um, no, so and I think just, first... And, so, and sorry, yeah, before we respond, and just to add to Olu's question, I think it would be appropriate to insert here, at what age do you have to start? Or yeah. is there a particular age? Yeah, so the general guidance, I think, um, from what I understand, is I think once you hit puberty, then, you're ex- then you are... Um, expected to sort of take part in in Ramadan if you can. So when I say if you can, it means mm. providing that you have good health. So so mm. those that are expected to um, that are basically given an exception or are asked not to not to, are those who are pregnant, uh, those who are sort of on their monthly cycle. If you're obviously in you haven't got the right health, then you shouldn't basically partake in 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 fasting or Ramadan. Um, so that's sort of general guidance. Go ahead, Dan. Then how about what's the case of athletes what would be the case of athletes yeah so that's also interesting topic because what i think uh i believe um what what was it what was the 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 sort of guidance it was it's because you have athletes that actually still go through and fast Mm -hmm. like i know muhammad salah or or even i think Mo mo farah even when they're actually competing so i believe um, now they do it because they're committed and they do it because they they still want to make sure that they are uh, reaping the benefits and the blessings during the month. Um, but I believe if your work and the type of work that you carry out uh, deems that it doesn't necessarily put you in a good position to fast, I think that can some regards give you some sort of an exception. So, But, but ultimately what it comes down to, to Olu's question, your question, it really comes down to your connection with 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 Allah, your connection with God. How do you how close do you feel to 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 God for you to be able to feel like I, I have to I have to fast? That's what that's my expectation upon myself, or actually I'll perhaps uh, not and do it next year. So I think it it comes down to the individual relationship you have. Yeah, but how just, is it perceived in the community? And she will answer it, but I want to understand like how is it perceived in the community where someone might choose not to fast? Will their perception be like, oh, they're not a real Muslim or they're not taking it seriously? No, but or, I think or, yeah, 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 but then it. Go, so, go ahead, so in 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 an idol not in an idol setting, uh, then there should be no one judging, right? So mm. so ultimately, it's difficult to answer your question because um, I've never heard an imam say, "Well, that you know that you know that young boy is not fasting, and you know it's 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 not good, it's not it's bad." I think mm. there's always they just recommend you and they just encourage you that if you can, you should. But ultimately, if you feel like you're not in a place where you actually are mentally there or spiritually there, then you know look, you could do it next year. Right. So I think mm-hmm. it comes down to you have to feel ready as a person. Otherwise, then it's forced. And then perhaps then you're not necessarily going to get the benefits out of it um, as, as how you'd like. But no one should be judging. So that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. And I think just to just to build on that, it really does. It just really does come down to the individual and how you want to do it. So if I reflect on my own kind of journey during the month of Ramadan since I've been growing up. So when I was growing up, to be very transparent, um, to not fast wasn't a question in my head because my parents were doing it. In my household, we were doing it. Then basically, when I went to university and stuff, then I started to give some excuses. I was like, oh, well, I've got exams, or I've got studying, or I've got this, or I've got that. So then naturally, with the older I got, I kind of moved away from it. And during the month of Ramadan, maybe I'd just do it on the weekends. Um, but it wasn't as as, uh, as strict to doing the full 30 days. And even once I started working, I even used to use the excuse as well, like, I'm working now, I need to be focused, etc. But maybe this echoes to what um, Daniel was asking about the athletes. It really comes down to the individual and how they feel and what they want to do. Now, now, the older I've got, the more I've leaned back into it. I think especially with my um, dad after he went to hospital for, for 
a couple of months and it was really touch and go whether he would make through it. I think that was a triggering moment for me where I, I leaned more into my faith. And that's why since then, the last two, three years, I've tried to do the fast every day during that month. And to your question earlier about whether the community judges or not, I think naturally there's going to be people, and I'm one of them, that I know during this month I practice more than I will the rest of the year. But I think something is better than nothing. And the idea is that during this month, every year, if someone has that time and effort to reconnect with their faith, then it will have a, it'll, even if it makes them uh, practice a little bit more between that month to the following year, even that is still an advantage to the individual. And as P said, it shouldn't, the community as itself, they shouldn't be judging because that in itself is something that no one should be doing in probably all religions. Um, but just to close that, basically the people who shouldn't fast. So children is actually, if they want to do it, it's a bonus, but they don't have to. Um, mm -hmm. Pregnant women, of course, because of the health implications, they shouldn't. Also the elderly and those who are ill. So if you're elderly and you have to take medication, then you're not expected to fast as well. And also for people who are uh, traveling extensively during this period, they also don't need to don't need to fast. So that's normally yeah, it's, the... inter it's interesting about the traveling one because it really <laughs> came to the point where Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would travel miles and miles in the desert, right? And so when I was when I was growing up, when I heard that, I thought, oh, if you travel, you shouldn't have to fast. So here's me now taking a short flight okay, flights. Um, <laughs> from, from to London, and in my mind, I was like. In my mind, I'm I was like, food. So when, when he's I saw on a plane. Can I order? Uh, yeah, so I was like, no. So, so um, when I, so I had this kind of conversation with myself, and I was like, P, you're not, you're not traveling <laughs> desert, bro. So you need to still fast. So I would, I was still fasting when, when traveling. Um, but just, just to quickly, just to go back on, on, so, so just to go back a little bit on some of the points. I, I so it's about self control. It's about discipline. Giving you a chance. Give yourself a chance to refresh and re restart in certain number of habits but maybe to touch on sure some of the things that you're expected to sort of abide by whilst you're fasting um because i think this is obviously this like somebody listening to this will think why on earth would you go 15 hours a day dry fasting um and i think within those 15 hours the idea is it's it's a change behavior right so you're you, you know you should almost uh refrain from 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 bad habits refrain from swearing um sort of being a loud mouth um, Say again, yeah, yeah listening, listening, listening to the sort of music that has the wrong influence. So it's really so trying to sort of listen to um, Drake's new album, mate. Or can I just say, I have album, not listened album. to the album yet, but and I'm Drake's okay. number one fan. But I think, I think this part is important because I think during during these hours, so let's say you know, you shouldn't be smoking or or or, or things of that nature, and I think um, that is where you really start to um. Um, sort of see the benefit and, and feel it because on an empty stomach and if you're sort of thinking about others and having that gratitude it's a really powerful set of hours but then mm. Pete to that point why don't people continue that throughout the year so not necessarily is a big boy question go on not, ne <laughs> not necessarily not necessarily from abstaining from food and liquid for 15 hours but you mentioned about the refrain oh, from the for example refrain from smoking or Ooh. refrain from consumption of alcohol refrain from say you know fornication outside of marriage um and all, you know abstain from listening to music that of a bad influence Ooh. okay the food the food food and liquid you need to sustain you you know it, it goes without saying that we need food and liquid to survive so outside of those 30 days, why don't people continue to do it if they feel that within those 30 days there's a great benefit for themselves?
they grow, they grow, they grow and get closer to God. So why don't they do outside of those 30 days? Why do they go back to that old lifestyle? It's a million so dollar question. So this is like um this is this is basically the question that every Muslim uh will have to ask themselves as they close the Ramadan and, and come towards the end of it, because it's actually I think the most important and significant question. Just to your point, Dan, you've gone, you've, you've, you know, most of us have have, have dug deep and they, we've spent the 30 days really um, um, working on our habits, changing, improving, thinking about others, uh, giving to charity. Hmm. And what effectively is happening over a course of a year, we have 11 months of a lifestyle A and then those 30 days of a lifestyle B. Hmm. And the whole idea is to use the month to sort of um, come out of it better and continue those habits. Yeah, yeah. And that is the hardest thing to do. Um, and and uh, we all struggle with it. I, I struggle tremendously with it because, because you know that a lot of the habits you, you're, you're developing, you should carry on. And you say, okay, you have a lot to do with the, the environment that you're in, the influences, but that's probably the thing that we all um, uh, should focus on and do. And ultimately, to answer your question, Daniel, we should actually, that should actually be the thing. That's the whole point of actually using this month to get better and to sustain um, um, those habits. And, 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 and I think it's actually uh, the, the 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 fact that it's something that all Muslims need to do every year. I think no matter what level of faith you have, is actually a genius way to make people reconnect and realize yeah. all the stuff and all the noise that they have within their within their lives. Because every year, if you know that this period is coming and it forces you to refocus and rebalance everything, then it's it, it, you. It never gets easier per se after the month to get back to to being like a full full-blown practicing Muslim the whole time but I think every year you you get that reminder and it forces you to try and carry on most of the things that you mentioned Daniel so for example Daniel I'll give you I'll give you a personal example that's happening now what's interesting yeah. um with COVID with with the lockdown actually it's it's a it's a blessing and and it's a gift and a curse for Ramadan because on one hand um I can't remember the last time where I was in a situation where I was able to pray five times a day on time Right. It's always usually you can pray a couple prayers on time and then the rest you've got to make up on the next prayer. And so that's that's an amazing position to be in because because every single on time, there's no excuse anymore. You can pray on time. And so mm. what it starts to do is it makes you start. It makes me ask the question, OK, why am I not prioritizing my calendar, and my time outside of Ramadan to make sure I can still pray on time? Right. Um, and so that speaks to the point of developing this the, going back to going back to the core and developing such a good habit and continuing that moving forward so there's a lot of questions that i'm asking myself there's a lot of reflection points that i'm having um because i think to daniel's question a lot if you look into it deeply there are actually no excuses as to why you can't continue certain habits we just choose perhaps to ignore we just choose to perhaps um um live a bit lax to be honest and say you know well i'm, I'm this is what i'm used Do to doing do you discover something new about yourself each time? Because this is not the first time you both have fasted and gone through Ramadan. So do you find that you're discovering something new about yourself, about your faith every single time? Or does it feel similar each time that you do it and it feels more like, okay, I know this month is more like a routine or does it... I think do you discover uh, something new. Sure, and what do you discover? And yeah. what do you discover about yourself during this period? Um, I can... I can go sure. If you yeah, go ahead, Pierre. Yeah, no, um, what I learn uh, every year is it gets harder. Not 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 the not the fasting per se, but I would say from a real personal, keeping it very transparent. I think when I look back when I when I was much younger, I just found it was perhaps easier to practice. It's easier to sort of build a closer connection, 
And as you get older, you start taking on more responsibilities. You start building your businesses. You you have the family, um, and it can. It, and and I think you have to, one has to work extremely harder to sort of keep close and 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 stay as close as I was perhaps when I was younger. So I think I think every year I'm finding that I'm having to dig deeper um, to 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 stay as to be as close to the to the faith as I was as I was like to be based on my expectations. Yeah, um, I think. Oh, sorry. I think for my, it's just be a quick one. I think the first realization is how much my day and time and life centers around food and water. <laughs> like it's, it's just to keep it very, very real. Like you realize in terms of preparing food, eating food, cooking, all of this time is now taken out. And then of course I'm, I'm praying more than I would usually do, but you realize how much time is kind of centered around that. That's one thing. And two, I think um, just similar to uh, P's point, the fact that it seems to be getting difficult, the older, I, I think in, in, in my case, as I said, I had a, had that period probably in my uh, early 20s where I wasn't doing it that much at all. And now I've the last couple of years been leaning back into it. I think the biggest realization for me is how much of my normal life is quite far away from a life which would be in line with practicing Islam like full time properly. Mm. Um, so I think the older I get, the more I realize that. And I think there's certain habits that I've been able to drop off every year. Um, habits which aren't in line with necessarily practicing Islam um, yeah. all the time. So I think that's one one benefit. But that's a kind of a reminder that I get every year, how which certain aspects of my life and routine that I've got used to that aren't necessarily in line with um, being a better Muslim. But sure, you mentioned about being a practiced Muslim, but if yeah. um, Islam is a faith about, you know, a monotheistic religion, as in believing in one, devoting devote yourself to one God, yeah. how do you, if it's a faith and it's a daily practice, how do you stop that daily practice i think probably on that i think during the years the, that faith and that belief has never changed but just the way of practicing it has and the, that way of practicing has gone up and down um so i think to your question i don't think that faith actually goes at least this is just for me personally it's never gone i've always had that belief um it's just the ways that i can practice it in terms of praying more like keeping all my fast for the whole month and giving more to charity all of these things maybe in some years it was less than others um, yeah, I think, I yeah, I think um, uh, exactly to your point. I think it speaks to the quality of uh, your dean, right? So, so the to Shaw's point, the, the faith has never changed; it never will change. You know, you're 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 firm on what you believe, um, but there's you can improve the quality of your prayers. You can improve the the quality of 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 um, certain sunnahs that you do within the deen, certain small things that you actually do. Sometimes okay, what's, can... what's, P, what does deen mean for people who don't know and sunnah? But deen basically means belief. And... No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so deen... So... <laughs> Just in case for the listeners who may not know what that means. Sorry, so, sorry. So, so, so sunnah is like your acts, the acts in which, in which you sort of... Um, uh, perform on on a daily basis. So so there is a there's hadiths which is like guidance on acts that you can you can do. So you can call it sunnah. And then Shuwa's point, Deen is like your um, your your strength as 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 a Muslim, your belief. So when someone says I'm on my Deen, and I think you might have heard that before, it's like <laughs> so I'm on my gone. I think Skepta had that as a lyric, right, in one of his songs. Yeah, you're not on you're not on your Deen. <laughs> So is this, is this your ability to strengthen and, 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 and believe in practice? I thought the Sunnah was a record of Muhammad's deeds and um, 
and words. Yes, so no, actually, so it's it's a record of Muhammad's yeah, deeds. And, okay, so yes, yeah. yeah, so, so basically all the all the acts that um, Prophet Muhammad did. So there's like mandatory things that you need to do in the Islamic religion, which are the the five pillars that we discussed earlier in the episode, and the Sunnah are basically things that the. The, the way of life and the things that Prophet Muhammad did that aren't mandatory, but these are recommended for all Muslims to do. And does that help you also? Is that also used to help you interpret the Quran? Yes, big man. Wait, you need to, you we might need to take you down to the mosque, DJ. <laughs> no, no, I've studied Daniel's well versed. I've studied Islam, <laughs> Judaism, and other religions as well, uh, like Hin, um, Hinduism and Buddhism. Um, okay, no, my other question was going to be P, you mentioned about you know the month. You believe that um, getting, you know, receiving blessings. Mm. So, what are these blessings you believe you receive, and are these mentioned in the Quran or are these part of the Sunnah? Yeah, it's it's ultimately in 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 summary, it's like uh, everything is basically times a hundred, times a thousand. So each prayer counts for a lot more than it would outside of the month of Ramadan. But right. how, how how do you know that? It's it's not how do I know it? No, no, sorry, not how, sorry. Oh. When I say how do you know that, is it recorded in the Quran? Or is it recorded anywhere to say that your prayers in this particular month will be magnified? Yeah, no, there is. That's, so that's the guidance okay. from imams, and that's and that's kind of what we understand and what we, we believe. We know if we can if we can double down on all our good habits and good deeds during this month, we believe we come out of it having multiplied um, um, those benefits and those blessings. So it's almost it's and it's almost to, to say, don't waste the opportunity to to gain the blessings during this month. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting. No, Holy, you got any more questions? What? I got, I got plenty. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm interested. So I remember um, living in um, Dubai, yeah. and I was there during the Ramadan period, and being invited to breaking the fast and going out and mm. celebrating is is a very community driven. Like it's not even people would not just stay in their families; they'll meet up with other families and celebrate together. Can you just share that experience and how tough it must be during obviously quarantine period to actually yeah, do so, that because so, yeah no it is it's challenging because because the um a key part of 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 the month of of Ramadan is something called once you've when you break your fast you then go into something called iftar. And iftar is effectively a, a gathering of family and friends uh where you're basically feasting right so it's 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 great conversation it's it's you open up with water sweets dates and then there's there's uh, meals that that you can just sort of um, enjoy until until whenever and there's an unlimited supply of food and so that's one of the things that people are, are daily going to miss um it, it's what makes ramadan coming together as a family um and i can go back when i was living in saudi arabia it was just to, just to give you a sense of what it's like we actually every night um, the iftar would be given to um, say, say for example you, you put together 30 families and each night the iftars happen at the different family's house um, but some people would even go as far as, as hiring an entire hall right huge place where you can after eating you can then play sports after so it's like every night now, for 30 time? nights in the evening every night Yo, no, no, but what time are you playing sport like a.m. In, no, 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 no. No, like for example, if you break your fast around say six, seven, people are then playing football at like, so eight, nine. Okay. Um, so you can imagine it's like imagine every single night for 30 nights, or well, most most nights, you're having a full a full-blown event, right? And so um you can imagine and imagine, imagine being in Dubai during that time as well. It's 
It's amazing. So yeah. So to not have the opportunity to um, uh, spend iftar with family and friends is quite is is certainly going to be disappointing for uh, many of us. Mm. Um, because also it's also an opportunity to also invite non-Muslims and other people that also want to join and eat. So it's not just you know closing the door. It's saying, look, we're we're creating this big feast. Uh, come and join, enjoy, um, and sort of um, eat with us. Mm. But I can tell you guys just just from just from uh, in case anyone's wondering, listening, what is it like after fifteen hours? Um, and this is what I think makes it quite amazing, and and and. The, the sort of the joy and the blessing behind it. After 15 hours of dry fast, the appreciation you have for a glass of water or a sip of water or a uh, a Jaffa cake or a biscuit or a date. We know, we, we know you've got plenty of Jaffa cakes. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, you start to. And, and so I think, I, I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it speaks, I mentioned, I, I mentioned earlier, I think it speaks to gratitude is best felt on an empty stomach. You really empathize with those who go without. And you really start to uh, highly appreciate um, um, things as small as as small as biscuits um, when it comes to breaking your fast. I've got I've got two more questions. I'll direct the first one at Shawal and then the last one at Pete because the last one relates to Pete. So Shawal, do you find and obviously Pete can answer afterwards as well. Do you find that during the month of fasting you put on weight because you've gone fifteen hours without <laughs> food and water, and it's yeah. very easy once you've had a fast to kind of eat so much but I, I know when you when you break a fast after that long you do kind of feel sick if you feet heavy more straight away so do you find that typically you put on weight lose weight or you just stay the same so so typically um my whole body composition gets complete completely messed up so you you would think that you'd be losing weight but exactly as you said daniel by the time i break my fast once I've broken it with hopefully some fruits, some water, et cetera, and some, some healthy-ish meal, between that time and before uh, sunrise again, so during that period when it's dark, when you can eat, I want to eat everything. Like I want, I, want, I want like fried foods. I want crisps. I want this. I want that. I've stocked myself where I'm trying to, to um, not buy as many of those things, but it's, uh, it's difficult. And then I think in previous years, I haven't done as much exercise during the month. This year so far, I, I think it's only been uh, 10 days well, at the period of when we're recording this. Um, and I've still been able to maintain a gym routine in the mornings, which I think is helping a little bit. Um, mm. But I have already gained weight. I weighed myself at the weekend and I've gained a, gained a kilo. So um, I leave that. That's from, from my perspective. It's difficult to not gain weight, but it depends on the food you eat. And typically, if you're not doing as much activity, then um, you'll end up putting on a bit of timber but p what's it what's it what for you? you what about you big belly rude boy <laughs> you know, in, actual, in, actual, in, actual, in actual fact <laughs> 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 just sound like that. <laughs> no, the funniest thing the funniest thing is daniel has been waiting 40 minutes to say that one line <laughs> <laughs> the thing is <laughs> the thing yeah. is in actual fact you're actually you're actually going back to the guidance um and Sunna, you're actually not supposed to overeat. You should actually use the month to uh, eat less. Uh, and actually, it's we all know from sort of intimate uh, fasting is that um, fasting actually is, is is healthy for you. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, working out. So she was she was doing well in that area. Um, I think I'm actually losing. Lawrence said I'm losing weight. So what's that really stomach? What's that stomach? Stomach's stomach stomach right, man. Stomach's <laughs> right. You know, if if I'm telling you, if I was gaining weight, you'd probably be able to see it on my on my cheeks and everything like that. Oh, um, I was gonna say, I was gonna mention a point now. 
Um, anyways. So, people, what, so, Daniel, you said you had two questions. What was the other question? And then the second question was for those who, you know, might see P's Instagram stories and stuff, you know, you you um, you show your, your kind of daily routine in terms of your prayer. Mm. Um, and you have different names for the different prayers. So do you want to just quickly explain for the likes of me who, don't, who may not understand what those different prayers are? I know, of course, they have the five different times during the day. But what is... Why, why is there a different name? Or what do they mean? Yeah, so uh, I can see Shua laughing. It's <laughs> a great, like, great question. Great question. I've just, I've, just never, I've just never had to answer that question. No, so there's, so there's five, five prayers in the day which are compulsory, which is part of the, the five pillars of Islam. The first mm. prayer is is your morning prayer, which is which is Fajr, uh, Fajr prayer. I'm just thinking of how much detail to go into it in terms of rakaz and, and everything. But um, that's... So we pray that around just before uh, sunrise. Yeah, so you've got, exactly. You've got, um, and then you've got... Yeah. So I was going to say... And then you, noon, go ahead. Mid-afternoon, sunset and night. Exactly. From, from, so it's from, really... From observations it's, of your Instagram posts. Correct. Yeah. No, so if you take away if you take away the times... No, that's absolutely correct. Because ultimately, these, these are prayers that were prayed at a time where there were no clocks. You were effectively going by the sun. So the next prayer is then Zuhur prayer, which is at, I think, the highest point that the sun um, is at. And then you have your afternoon prayer, which is Salatah Asa. Um, and then Salatah Maghrib is just as sunset. And then you have your last prayer, which is Salatah Isha. And then each, pra each prayer has a different number of sort of rakads, which is, um, you know, when you're sort of, you see Muslims stand in a certain position, how many times they go down and up. Um, but that, but that's, that's ultimately, that's ultimately, I think, Dan, you're frozen. That's ultimately, um, in summary, the, the fry prayers. Okay. No, thank you. That, that's helpful. And just actually, whilst we're on that, it's, 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 um, are any of those poses, you know, for example, when Mo Salah scores a goal or someone yeah. of the Islamic faith, they, they go down to their knees, put their hands by the side, and they, they kiss the ground and they look up. Yeah. What What's the meaning of that? If you Wasn't sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dan, he's like, these are great questions, big man. So basically, what what um, Muhammad Salah as an example, what he's doing is he's doing that action that we basically do when we're when we're praying, right? Where you're bringing your head down um, and praying before before God. And I think what's great about him is when he's celebrating a goal, it actually shows you that during this period where you scored a goal, you have a moment of elation, you have this moment of celebration where a lot. Alan Shearer used to walk around the pitch doing this. People used to do. Robbie Keane used to do like a flip. And Drogba, Drogba had his celebration, right? But it's actually very powerful. Where someone like Mohamed Salah, who obviously plays for one of the top football teams, not only in Europe, but the world, the first thought that comes to his mind is to give thanks to, to God. And I think for him, it's actually a, it's an indication of his faith. I think Pabila mentioned as well earlier in the episode that he's someone who observes the full month of Ramadan when it's ongoing, even during a football game. And you've seen him on the football pitch actually break his fast with water. So... Um, I think for him it just shows, and at least my take on it, is that he has faith at the forefront of his mind um, during the good times and also during the during the bad. But the action that he's doing it himself, that's an action that all Muslims do when they're when they're praying, as Pabila said, during the five prayers of the day. I mean every time they go down, that's called a ruku. Um so that's what he's okay. doing. Thank you. Cool. So I think uh, well, I think we're close to the end of the episode. Oli, I don't know if you have any I've other. Got, I've, I've got many more questions, but I think I've exhausted. Maybe questions. No, that's fine. But no, I, I think I think it's great because it provides more context for the for the listeners. I'm going to say any any questions more geared towards the actual fast itself, because Daniel's going deep into the faith. 
No, no, I think we, um, I, from the fast because you know, I fast, so I, I do understand the principle, mm-hmm. so I don't really have any question from that per se. But I did ask, you know, is it just water and liquid you abstain from? Are you supposed to abstain from anything else? And you mentioned about you know, smoking, uh, influence of music, etc. So we kind of covered that. So I don't have anything more to say from the fast. I think you both explained it quite in detail. Um, and I've had, yeah, I've, I've, I've left. Uh, having a better understanding of the month of Ramadan. Uh, Oli, do you have any other questions or? No, I'm good. good. I'm no, perfect. So I think I think maybe we'll, I, I think Daniel, you actually offered up lots of good questions more around the faith, and maybe we can do a follow up episode where I, I don't know if you've mentioned it already in this episode, but basically at the end of the month of fasting, we come together and we celebrate, we um, we and that's and that celebration is called Eid, and the one at the end of the month of fasting oh. is called Idul Fitr. Did you guys already talk about it? No. Oh, okay. So, so that basically mentioned about the, not the Eid one, but you mentioned about yeah. yeah so that I was talking about every night where we we spend yeah. uh, like in Saudi, you do if if dars with, if so, with yeah. big families. Um, yeah. But this is effectively like a huge celebration, huge. Yes. So it's it's like the, from a celebration standpoint, it's the equivalent of uh, it's kind of a Muslim equivalent of Christmas, for example, where you come together as family. You're allowed to eat during the day. That that morning when you come downstairs and oh, you have breakfast for man. the first time. Oh my oh, god. My God, what a blessing. Oh, <laughs> oh when I think I, I think go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I think because I was just the other thing I wanted to mention, which I think is also important, is that during one of the things that people shouldn't do during their fast, and I, I'll, I'll come on to that point, is you shouldn't think about breaking your fast. You shouldn't think about food. You shouldn't think about, oh, why am I fasting? It's really to sort of control your thoughts um, and, and just to sort of use that time to reflect and get better. And the reason why I say that is because as we just started to get excited about having breakfast on Eid, on Eid day, these are kind of the, the th- sort of thoughts that you're supposed to control, right? Not getting too excited about, like we shouldn't get too excited now about Eid. We should be focusing about maximizing today, maximizing tomorrow. Um, but, you know, there are times where you're just thinking, oh, I've got, I got three weeks left, I'm counting down the days. And you shouldn't, we shouldn't do that, right? So it's just, it's just the reality of what happens in, in our minds uh, throughout the fast. But yeah, Eid is Eid, Eid is a um, is is a blessed day, man. <laughs> that that breakfast is a good one because basically, yeah, you go, you have, you eat together as a family. You're supposed to go to the mosque and pray. There's a special prayer on that day, and then for the rest of that day, you go see friends and family who typically you maybe may not have been able to see as much during the month. And also, you give. Um, you're supposed to wear brand new clothes uh, to feel fresh to to symbolize Lots the beginning. It beginning of a new month and then you give gifts as well typically to kids as well so I think- all right so for any of our loyal listeners i've made it to this far of the episode we are well, i'm trying to bring out bring back a book review and i'm going to do this in within 60 seconds because we've had some episodes early on in the take flight, pod- <laughs> take flight podcast uh, era where we had a very very long reviews and debates so i'm going to try and do this in 60 seconds <laughs> right so the book that I'm going to be talking about, okay, you can start the timer from now, 48:43. So the book that I'm talking about is by Stephen A. Schwartzman. Um, it's called What It Takes. So Stephen A. Schwartzman is basically the chairman, CEO, and co-founder of Blackstone, which is one of the largest private equity firms in the world, and it's got billions of dollars worth of assets under management. 500, now, 500, 538. 538 billion. There you go. Thanks for you for the for the alley-oop. So this book is called Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence. And basically, Stephen Schwartzman is a guy who um, grew up in pretty humble beginnings. Uh, and he 
went to good university, went to Yale, then went to Harvard and did his MBA. And then he had a job at an investment bank and he was in his like, kind of early 30s, had a job which was paying him very, very well. Uh, but he just had this feeling that he wasn't fulfilling his potential. And he's someone that probably people would have looked at and would have thought, well, this guy's got it all, but he still didn't think that was enough. He thought he had more in the bank. And basically, he created this firm called Blackstone, which only started with him and another partner in the office. It was just the two of them. They had this big office space and no desks or anything. And he, in the book, he basically explains the journey of how he created Blackstone from uh, a small startup to a $500 billion plus asset management uh, firm investing in real estate and many other spaces so Olu, thanks for reminding me that i've taken up the 60 seconds i've realized now during this review that 60 seconds is a lot shorter than uh, <laughs> than i thought at the uh, at the beginning so the 60 seconds told us who the book was about thanks yeah. so our next week, <laughs> I, just, no, it's good. No, I think um no no, no i think continue uh, is definitely i'm interested no, let me continue. Let me continue. No, there's nothing. I think that's actually the perfect. I don't want to go into the details, but I'm just saying, if the book is recommended by this podcast, just just take it as a fact that it's a great book. If you want to know about how to start up a company, how to set things up at all levels, and how to basically have these fundamental principles of excellence that you have from day one, and how this has carried through into him building out the organization that he's done today. Um, so. So yeah, you. no, uh, sure. I was gonna just say I, I thank you for bringing the I thank you for bringing this topic and making an episode. I really um, uh, enjoy sharing more about um, what the month is about, um, and happy to sort of touch on this towards the end as we get closer towards um, Eid. Perfect. In so who? Who wants the uh, closing honours? So thank you all for listening to episode fifty-two of Take Flight Podcast. We hope you've left a bit more educated as around. We're in the month of Ramadan and what it means for those who are practicing the faith. Please, please, please give us any feedback that you may have to take flat podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at take flat podcast. We hope you stay well in the season, you and your families and your loved ones. See you next week. Take care. God bless. Peace. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah, we never fly, but